You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Well, good morning, everyone. Glad to see all of you here. Glad to actually be here. It's a wonderful morning. So, I got a question for you guys to start out uh, the morning. Have you ever had someone in your life that's like, they're almost annoying in the way that they like, will always talk to you about things and will always, they kind of challenge you on things and can get kind of annoying sometimes. Honestly, I have a couple of people that come to my mind when I think of this, but the people who really challenge you and no matter what you do, they're like, yeah, but you could have done, you know, X, Y, or Z a little bit better. Or when you mess up, they're going to tell you that you messed up. They're going to be straightforward. They're going to be honest. They're not going to sugarcoat things. You just have someone in your life, or maybe a couple people in your life that you think of um, when talking about this. Not in your head. And honestly, it can be a little bit annoying sometimes. That's at least the way that I think about it. Um, but the thing about these people is that they're always going to tell you what you need to hear. Not what you want to hear, not what you, not what's going to make you feel good or feel better, but they're going to tell you the truth. They're going to tell you exactly what you need to hear in the moment, not kind of fluff things up just to make you feel good. They're going to be honest. I hope that you do have someone or some people in your life like this, even though they can be annoying at times. But we're going to talk a little bit about some people like this in the Bible that really help give us direction and guidance when it comes to this. So, our reading will be out of Philemon chapter 1, verse 17 today. Verse 17 says, So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing to you with my own hand. I will repay it. I say nothing about your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, let me have the benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I am writing to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. The word of the Lord. So Philemon is a really interesting letter, and one that I like a lot, but it's, I mean... Just a few verses. It's like a one-page letter written and sent to this man, Philemon. A lot of times in the New Testament, we find some law, especially that Paul writes, we find some longer letters written to kind of larger congregations, giving a lot of specific guidance on a lot of specific things. He has a couple shorter ones, but this is one of the shortest ones that there is in the New Testament. And it's addressed specifically to this man, Philemon, and the house church that he has a church that Paul helped start, a man that Paul helped guide and give direction to in his home, in this house church. Um, And I think it's really interesting, this letter is, um, in kind of what's going on. Because the preface of this letter, kind of the background of this, is that Philemon, living in the first century, and being a relatively wealthy man, he had a big enough house to where he could hold a house church and meet there and everything. Paul had converted him, Paul had preached him, um, and Paul's giving him these directions is that Philemon was a man who had slaves, which was a normal thing during this time as a cultural norm, especially for people who had more money. 
But what had happened is one of Philemon's slaves, Onesimus, had run away. He, he was probably there when Paul converted the household, when Paul started the church, but he had run away uh, for whatever reason from Philemon's household. Um, and at this time, Paul was in prison writing this letter. And so Onesimus found Paul and is kind of like, I don't know what to do. Kind of gets, he runs away, he gets away, and then he kind of starts to think through things. And he's got a couple options. One option is to keep running away and hope that he doesn't get caught, to hope that he doesn't get arrested, because if he did, then he would be transported back to Philemon and face probably even harsher consequences or punishment than he would in prison or in jail. Um, or he can go back to Philemon on his own and hope for the best, which probably still isn't great. Um, but Onesimus goes to Paul and says, I don't know what to do. And Paul's like, don't worry, we can figure this out. Um, and so he does. And this is what Paul is encouraging Philemon. It's this specific situation going on. He's talking to Philemon. He's writing to him to say, hey, we know what the cultural norms are. We know what people do. We know what people do when slaves run away and come back. Facing punishment, facing branding, beating, and possibly death the cultural norm for this time. Paul's talking to Philemon and says, but is that really what you think being a Christian means? And he kind of phrases things interesting throughout the letter, but essentially what he's saying is Paul knows what Philemon could do, and he knows that Philemon would technically be considered in the right in this situation no matter what he did. But Paul says you can be better than that. You don't have to just do that because it's what's normal or it's what's easy. You can be a little bit better than that. You can rise above whatever cultural norm or societal standard exists, and you can be better with that because with Christ, we are better than that. We're better than beating people, berating people, or just kind of falling into what's easy and what's normal. And Paul, being the guy that he is, is challenging Philemon here to say, I know, I just know, you're a great guy, love spending time at your house, church, love spending time, you know, being with you guys, I know that you're better than this. And that's kind of like a two-sided thing, right? That's, Paul is calling him, Paul is calling Philemon to be better than Philemon might even expect of himself. And this is kind of where we think at is, I really hope that you guys have people in your life who feel that way about you. Because I, I know I have bad days. I have days where I don't feel like doing anything. Maybe I'm frustrated. Maybe I'm irritated. And I just sometimes don't feel like doing anything. But especially on those days, if something bad happens, if someone cuts me off while I'm driving, if like the checkout line is taking too slow, I get really irritated. I know that there are some not-so-great thoughts that run through my head or some not-so-great names that I might want to call people, unfortunately. But it happens. And that's only a small example of what goes on because sometimes we have really, really bad days where we don't feel like doing what's right. Because doing what's right requires us to actually put in work. Paul's challenging Philemon here to do what's right, not what's normal, not what's technically right or what would be acceptable, but he's calling him to do what's right in God's eyes, which is a little bit higher up than any type of 
societal standard that we have. God's calling is always going to be higher than that. And so Paul's challenging him here to do that, to do what is actually right, not technically right. So, for this to happen, for this letter to exist, for Paul to even have the audacity to write this, it says a lot about their relationship. It says a lot about how close Paul and Philemon, how much Paul does respect Philemon, and hopefully how much Philemon respects Paul and the things that he's doing. This relies a lot on their relationship and on Paul's reputation. Because for Paul to be this person to challenge Philemon, there's got to be a mutual respect there. And the biggest thing about this is Paul writing, is this section that I just read out of this letter, is that Paul is lifting Philemon up while saying, he's challenging him, but he's also encouraging. He said, I know how good of a guy you are. I know what you are capable of. I know what you can do. I know the type of person you are, and that's a good type of person. But he's challenging him and elevating that. And that's important. Paul's not doing this to make anything about himself. Paul is doing this to help Philemon, help Philemon with his relationship with Christ and with the rest of God's people, seeing Onesimus as a person, as a human being and as someone else who is made in the image of God. That wasn't normal for this time, for people in different social classes, for people of different um, socioeconomic status, anything like that. That wasn't the case. The people who had more money, more things, more wealth, didn't see anyone else as human beings. But Paul's calling him here to say, this man is also made in the image of God and is worthy of the same exact things you are. But there's got to be a mutual respect for that to happen. For Philemon to actually listen to what Paul's writing here. Because Philemon could have just read this letter and said, oh no, this is a bunch of garbage and thrown it away. That's one choice that he has. Or actually heed his words and put it into practice what Paul is calling him to do. Because Paul, talking with Onesimus, says, I'm going to send this letter, probably sent this letter back with Onesimus. This letter. And so at the time Onesimus was returning is the time that Philemon's reading this letter. And so he's got, I mean, he's got to make that decision relatively quickly about what he's going to do. And Paul even kind of backs up and says, hey, yeah, I'm going to come visit you once I get out of prison. We'll see how things are going. A little bit. He does this, I mean, does it in a very smart way, but is challenging him to do what is right. Challenging him to do this. But he's doing this out of love. He's doing this because he cares about Philemon, cares about this church, cares about these people. He's doing it out of love and care and about speaking truth into his life. Because for us and the people that we think about, the people who are going to challenge us, the people who are going to hopefully speak truth into our life, we have to figure out who those people are. Because sometimes that's not always easy. I don't know if you've ever, um, you know, been on any type of social media or anything like that, but you can get opinions from anyone. Right? You can get anyone's opinion on anything, on the way your hair looks, on how you dress, on what you look like, on your favorite sports team, on anything. You can get opinions from anyone on anything. Parents, I'm sure that you've gotten some unsolicited advice on how to parent, right? I've gotten unsolicited advice on 
how I need to train my dog, what I need to feed her, anything like that. Got an unsolicited advice about a number of things that I can't even begin to count how many different things. Unsolicited advice on your job, anything like that. People are, will always be willing to give you their opinions, whether you want it or not. Most of the time, we don't need to listen to those people. Because a lot of time, people have a really fun uh, trait of commenting on things that they actually have no idea about. They see one little thing and they'll be like, oh, I know exactly what to do here. And, you know, watching things on social media, videos, things like that. It's really easy to do and just comment, oh, I would have done this in this situation. And, be, and this is the right thing to do, obviously. It's really easy for people to do that. But not a lot of people know what's actually going on, what's actually happening, what the situation was actually like. And the same goes for us in our lives. Whatever it may be that we're being challenged to do, whatever truth we're being told, anything like that, we need to know and trust the people who we're going to actually listen to, who are actually going to speak this truth into us, because a lot of people are just going to offer their opinions. And they're going to offer it and then leave, because they don't actually care. They want to be heard, they want to be said, and that's fine. But for us listening to these things, if we're thinking about putting ourselves in Philemon's shoes here and what we actually need to listen to, we need to listen to the people who are actually saying these things to us out of love. Not of other people trying to build themselves up or just want to be able to tell us what to do, but we need to be listening to the people who are telling us things out of love and because they care about us. Paul was saying these things to Philemon because he cared about him. He cared about his relationship with Christ. He cared about this church and cared about these people. We need to listen to the people who care about us. We need people who are going to tell us the truth. We, are, we need people who are going to challenge us, who are going to tell us the truth when we mess up, when we need to make things right, and when we need to be better. We need those people. But those people need to be the ones who are doing it out of love, not out of any other reason, honestly. We need people who are going to tell us the truth because they care about us. When I first started college, 18 years old, um, I played baseball. And I loved it, had played baseball most of my life. Um, and had gone to a college, uh, junior college, that I had talked with the coach a lot and really liked the program he was running, setting up and everything. But this coach had a reputation. And his reputation was no nonsense. I mean, maybe you've had uh, a teacher or a coach or any type of instructor like this, but their like, reputation is strict. We had all sorts of rules. We had, a, we had to shave every day of the week. My hair definitely couldn't have been this long. Um, we had a certain dress code that we had to do to class. We had to go to class. We had to turn in all of our... I mean, it was strict. And it was a lot different from anything I had ever experienced. Because when I was growing up, I don't know about you guys or if you played sports, anything like that, but the reputation that most athletes at just about every school I had were kind of like, where most student athletes were more athlete students um, and showed up to class so they could play their sport, whatever it was. They could do whatever they should have. They'd kind of slouch off in the back, sit on their phone, mess around, whatever, wouldn't turn in, uh, wouldn't turn assignments, wouldn't do anything, would only show up to class maybe half the time and just kind of slacked off cared more, and I was like that at some point too, is only wanted to play their sport, they only cared about their activity, whatever it was, and that's the reason why they showed up to any type of class whatsoever, which is kind of the reputation that we were going off. My coach said, no, 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 we're not going to be like that. 
we're not just going to fall into what's normal. We're not going to fall into the reputation of, you know, kind of what's been put before us. We're going to be a lot better than that. You're not even just going to kind of meet like the bare minimum standard. You're going to be better. You're going to sit in the front two rows of class. You're going to go to every class. You're going to email your professors once a week. You're going to turn in all your assignments. You're going to do all your stuff. And if you don't, well, it's not going to be very fun for you, to put it mildly. And that was just out of the classroom stuff or out of the off the field stuff. I was just in the classroom, on campus, stuff like that. So when it came time to being on the field, it was like that, but even more so. Because he wanted us to be good. He wanted us to be good athletes. He wanted us to be disciplined. wanted us to be well-trained. We were in shape, that was for sure. But anytime we did like drills, like only if you've done any drills, I mean, even for like, for music, for an activity, for sport, anything like that, but doing drills is like, you know, very repetitive, and he was doing it over and over and over again, and a lot of people, at least I had this in my mind, is that, you know, you do the drill until you do it right, and then you do it right once, and okay, cool, I can move on to the next thing. That was not my coach's philosophy. It was, okay, you finally did it right, now I need you to do it that way 10 more times, and you can only move on to the next thing if you do it 10 more times perfectly. Frustration is an understatement in some of these situations because if you messed up, if you didn't do it, it was like, okay, you can go run a couple laps and come try again, which was part of the us being in shape part. But he was focused on doing things correctly, not just doing things to be good enough, not just doing it right one time and calling it good and checking it off the list, but you needed to do it, do things consistently and do them perfectly calling us to be better calling he wanted us to be the best athletes that we could wanted us to be the best players that we could possibly be to a higher calling and a lot of people didn't like that a lot of people were frustrated by it couldn't stand it couldn't stand the rules couldn't stand the way they did things and they didn't like it that's fine but I know for me personally, he's one of the few people, few coaches I've ever had in my life that I consistently stay in contact with. I mean, I talk to him every chance that I get because I know that he helped make me be a better person. He helped make me be a better student. He helped me have a better diet. And what he told us we needed to be eating and doing helped me be more in shape, helped me, and he helped me be a better athlete and a better person. It helped. That level of discipline, that level of challenging me to consistently be better than I was helped me in more ways than I can possibly even be thankful for. So I tell him thank you every single time, and I tell him how much I appreciate it, but that'll never be enough. But he was committed to doing things better than just the bare minimum, better than what everyone else was doing wanted us to be better than we thought we could be. And I appreciated that a lot. I didn't appreciate that in the moment, I will say that. But looking back, I am so thankful for that experience and thankful for him and how he's willing to push us as a coach and as a mentor in my life. So all of that to say, 
I hope that you guys have people in your life who are pushing you, who are challenging you, and not doing it just to be just to be rude, just to be a jerk, just because they feel like it, not because they're angry or irritated. But I hope that you have people pushing you and challenging you because they love you and they care about you. Because Philemon was lucky enough to have someone like that. And lucky enough to have someone like Paul doing that, challenging him to be better. Challenging for his relationship with Christ to be better. Challenging him in the way that he treated people and interacted with people to be better than what it was. Not just meeting the societal norms, not just meeting that thing, but challenging him to be better. Because as we have the Holy Spirit working in us, and we hope that the Holy Spirit is working in us, and we are projecting Jesus, projecting Jesus' love, and all these different things to other people, we have to be willing for that to be projected to us from other people. We have to be willing to listen to other people who are trying to speak truth to us. We have to be listening to God speaking to us through other people, and the Holy Spirit working in other people. We have to be open to doing that. We have to be open to listening and to be receptive of what other people are trying to tell us when they're telling us those things out of love and because they care. Challenging us and pushing us. And part of that is you know those people are there because they're going to love you all the time. And they're not going to do it every single opportunity they get. But when they see that you mess up, when they see an opening, they're going to tell you the truth. They're going to be with you through the good, the bad, and the ugly. To be able to identify those people and know those people. I hope that you have some people like that. And if you don't, I hope that you seek out people like that. People who are going to tell you the truth. People who are going to love you that intensely that they're going to tell you when you messed up. They're going to tell you when you need to be better. And they're going to expect more out of you than sometimes than you expect out of yourself. I hope that you seek out people like that. People who are going to encourage you, lift you up, and challenge and push you. Because historically, we don't really know exactly what happened to Philemon and this small church that he had. But my hope is that Paul sent Onesimus back with this letter. And Philemon read it and was changed because of it. Was changed because Paul was willing to tell him something hard. Tell him something difficult for him to listen to. To challenge him to be better. And then at that point, both Onesimus' life and Philemon's life would have been changed for the better. Their relationship with God would have been better. Their relationship with each other would have been better. And the way they treated everybody else that they came in contact with would have been better. Being called to this higher standard. Is my hope what happened. That's what I like to think happened. Was this a difficult conversation? Absolutely. I can't imagine what it was like at the house. Onesimus, letter in hand, handing it, says, hey, Paul told me to give this to you. Okay. And you got to read it and then make that decision of what to do. Am I going to listen to this or am I going to not? Am I just going to throw this away and continue doing what I was doing? Or am I going to accept this challenge to be better? So, the cool part is, 
We have the same challenge. And I hope that you guys have these people. I hope that you guys listen to these people. And if you don't, I hope you seek these people out. Not just people who are going to give you their opinions, but people who are going to push you and challenge you for the better. People who are going to ask more of you, not to take more from you, because they know that you have more to give. I hope that you guys find these people, because these people are imperative to our actual growth, to the way that we grow in our relationship with Christ, and the way that we actually start building the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So we can build our communities to be better and to do better is we need to challenge each other. We need to be willing to say hard things to people, but saying them out of love and out of truth, not out of anything personal on our behalf. So I challenge you guys to find these people, listen to these people, and to receive what they have to say to take action on the things that they have to say. Because this letter wasn't, it wasn't theoretical and hypothetical things. It was Paul telling Philemon, you have a choice to make. Keep doing what you're doing or be better. So, we have the same choice. Will you guys pray with me? God, we're thankful for another beautiful day. We're thankful to be here on this earth, gathered together, worshiping you. God, we pray that we can find this inspiration from you. God, that we know that these good things, we know that this truth comes from you, God, and we rely on these people in our community to help us. We know that you have given us these communities to help us, to help us grow, to help us be better, and to help us look more towards you and put you at the center of our life and all of the things that we do. And God, we pray you just can continue to do that. Continue to help us grow. Continue to, for us to help others grow. And God, we're just thankful that we get to be here and that we get to have these opportunities. Thankful for this community, for these people, and for your son. It's in his holy name that we pray all these things. Amen.